Hello, nerds, and welcome back to Nerd or Die. Today I've got something special for you. I'm doing my first Nerdcast. Uh, that's right, I haven't been doing videos in a while because I'm in the process of upgrading to a new video camera. Uh, but there's a lot of news and uh, reviews going on out there that I want to share with you. And uh, this is a way that I've decided to do it. Uh, I don't really know what goes into a podcast. I'm sure it's just me sitting around and talking, which is what I would do in a video anyway. Uh, so I figured that this would be a good medium uh, to share my thoughts on the news that Ben Affleck is the new Dark Knight. Also, I'm going to give my review finally on Kick-Ass 2. I just couldn't seem to put it down to paper. My thoughts are really uh, kind of conjumbled on the matter. And uh, hopefully it doesn't come across that way in the podcast, because I don't have anything pre-written. I'm just going to talk, just me sitting down like you're one of my friends, which you all are. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, this superhero news in this movie, uh, whether I loved it or hated it. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's episode one of Nerd or Die's Nerdcast. Uh, my thoughts on Batfleck and uh, how I felt after Kick-Ass 2. Uh, so, let's get started. Okay, first order of business. Ben Affleck is the new Dark Knight. Uh, well, let me start by saying he wasn't my first choice. Uh, am I disgusted by the news? No. Um, I think that an Oscar-winning um, and nominated actor, but an Oscar-winning writer and director could bring a lot to the table. Uh, when you get AAA talent to be in a comic book movie, uh, great things can happen. Look at Christopher Nolan and his team on the Dark Knight trilogy. It was incredible. Regardless if you had some uh, concerns about the first movie, or I know a lot of people had problems with the third movie. I hope nobody had problems with The Dark Knight. I mean, that's a masterpiece. If you had problems with The Dark Knight, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this nerdcast. Anyway, I digress. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy was beautiful. It had grade A directing talent uh, and writing talent. I mean, Christopher Nolan and his brother. And I know a lot of you hate David Goyer, but I think that he's done a lot uh, for this genre. And I think that he's a talented writer. Is he a good director? No. I hope he never directs anything again in his life. But I, I do love his writing. So you got Christopher Nolan and his brother writing. And uh, Christopher Nolan directing. And then you got Christian Bale and Michael Caine. And all these other wonderful people. You know, um, Cillian Murphy and Liam Neeson. And Aaron Eckhart. You know, you get this wonderful cast, Tom Hardy, Anne Hathaway, I mean, you get this triple-A talent to be in your superhero films and to work on your superhero films, and you end up with the Dark Knight trilogy, you end up with a masterpiece. So, do I think Zack Snyder's as good as Christopher Nolan? No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I think that he's a competent director, and I think that he can do action very well, and I think that he can tell a decent story through his directing. Um, I really liked 300, and I really liked his remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and I loved Man of Steel. Uh, I mean, it was a good Superman movie for once. The Superman movies that I've seen growing up weren't the greatest. Um, 
I think I was too young to appreciate them, but the time that I was old enough to, they were dated. And uh, Superman Returns had its flaws. So Man of Steel is the best Superman movie I've seen. So I'm going to say that for the record. But good movies that Zack Snyder has done, I truly believe that 300 is a excellent, excellent film. And the remake of Dawn of the Dead was, I mean, a lot of fun. And it was beautifully filmed. And it was a neat way to get, you know, a horror movie done for a new audience. You know, you have this very stylized action type director who took a horror movie that shouldn't be more than blood or gore and I think really did a lot with it. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure some of you disagree. Some of you may not know that Zack Snyder may have done Dawn of the Dead. Um, if you have not seen it, I recommend watching it. It's an excellent movie. And if you haven't seen 300, then you're crazy. However, so, Ben Affleck. Uh, I think that Ben Affleck is a very talented writer, director, and actor. Do I think he'll make a good Batman? I don't know. I've spent a lot of time thinking about who would make the perfect Batman. And let's face it, we've already seen the perfect Batman. Whether you believe it's Christian Bale, which I do, or Michael Keaton, which I know most of you do, or any of the other not-so-great choices <laughs> out there, uh, we've already seen Batman done. We've already seen him done very well. We've seen him done dark. We've seen him done very comical. And we've seen him done gritty and realistically, I guess. Uh, so now, it's time for something new. It's time for for something we haven't seen. And that's where Ben Affleck comes in, I suppose. Now, I watched a um, YouTuber by the name of Jeremy Johns. He does a lot of movie reviews. Uh, he's quite popular on YouTube. And he did uh, his thoughts on this matter and said his main concern with Ben Affleck is that he doesn't think he has any more to show us, that we've already seen everything that Ben Affleck uh, has to offer. And I guess I have to agree with that. I mean, the guy's been acting for a very long time and has done quite a few movies, and he's, I think, given us all that he's got to show us. Now, that being said, The Town uh, was very good for him, acting-wise, and he did a lot of dark stuff in that. He did a lot of acting with his eyes. You know, the camera just sitting on him. You know, you could see in those scenes that he had, you know, trauma or or something dark inside of him. You know, that he's went through a lot, that he has a past. And, you know, that's the type of stuff that he's going to need to portray in The Dark Knight. You know, sure, he's going to have his charity scenes where he's going to be his cocky billionaire self, which is actually what he's really good at. Watch any movie with Ben Affleck where he's got millions of dollars and he's a cocky asshole. Excuse my language. Uh, watch Boiler Room, if you don't believe me. Watch the trailer for this new movie called Runner Runner that stars him and Justin Timberlake. Uh, he does cocky very well when he has money. Do I think Bruce Wayne is cocky? No. I think Bruce Wayne is smug. Uh, like, turn his nose up at you, I'm better than all of you. Smugness. Christian Bale perfectly portrayed that in the scene of the end of Batman Begins when he's trying to get everybody out of the mansion. Um, that's the type of smugness or attitude 
cockiness that Bruce Wayne should have, not the way Ben Affleck portrayed it in Runner Runner or Boiler Room or any other movie where he had lots of money. Um, but anyway, uh, he plays cocky very well. So if that's what we're going to bring to it, sure. But going back to his acting in the town, the quiet reflecting scenes that Bruce Wayne is ultimately going to have sitting somewhere in his suit with his mask off thinking, um, those are the type of feelings that he's going to need to portray to us across the screen. So given his performance in the town, yes, I think he can do that. It's the other aspects of Bruce Wayne that I'm worried about. Now, seeing him in the suit playing Batman, I think that's going to be fine. I mean, look at look at Daredevil. Sure, most of us hated Daredevil. I'm actually one of the few people that uh, liked aspects of Daredevil. I think the casting is terrible. Uh, Jennifer Garner's Electra was a bad choice. I love Colin Farrell, but I think his acting kryptonite is a supervillain <laughs> because Bullseye was just a horrible performance and a horrible villain, even though I love Colin Farrell. Um, as much as I love Michael Clark Duncan, God rest his soul, I don't think that he was the right performance, uh, or excuse me, did the right performance for uh, Kingpin. Sure, he's got the right build to play Albert Fisk, but I don't think anything else about the character was correct. Um, actually, the least worst part of Daredevil, you know, it was Ben Affleck. The writing was bad, the directing was bad, the casting was bad, and Ben Affleck was the only saving grace about that movie if there, if, if there is saving grace for Daredevil. So anyway, I still enjoyed Daredevil. Um, but look at him in that movie. I mean... He had the right face for a mask. He had an okay build, and uh, he, I mean, he—he—I thought he portrayed the character all right. Now, granted, back then, ten or twelve years ago, however old the movie is, maybe somebody like Brad Pitt, you know, might have been a better choice to play Matt Murdock. Uh, I'm not going to argue that, but I think Ben Affleck did okay. Well, now, ten years later or twelve years later, however old the movie is, he's had. A stint in rehab. He's had to battle his own personal demons. He has grown as an actor, grown as a writer, grown as a director, and uh, proven himself that he is the comeback kid. I mean, essentially what Warner Brothers is going for here is they want their own Robert Downey Jr., and they've got it. The rehab, the amazing acting, everything. They've got a golden boy now that's going to carry their franchise for the next, you know, 10 years, say. So, um, also, as I was talking about his build as Daredevil, Ben Affleck's only gotten in better shape. I mean, the guy is a beast. You know, watch any of his current movies where he has to take his shirt off and his body is incredible, or look up pictures of him and his workout regiment now. I mean, the guy's going to be a beast, for real. He's going to look great in the Batman suit. The only problem is... The mask is going to be on his face. You're going to be able to see his chin, which he has a superhero chin. But what I'm saying is you're going to be looking at Ben Affleck. Um, when I go see a superhero movie, I like no names. To me, Christian Bale was a no name. I was watching Batman on that screen. Okay, Brandon Roth was a no name to me. Uh, despite your reservations about Superman Returns, when you saw it, Brandon Roth was Superman. You didn't know him from anything else. You know, at that point, you didn't know he was the cum dumpster from Zack and Mary make a porno. He was Brendan Roth. He was Superman. Okay. 
when I watch Superman versus Batman or whatever they're going to call it, I'm not going to be looking at Batman. I'm going to be looking at Ben Affleck. And that's that's my main concern with this new movie is I know that it's Ben Affleck. I've been watching him since, you know, before Good Will Hunting. I've been watching him since Jay and Silent Bob or, you know, uh, Mallrats where he likes to screw people in a very uncomfortable place. No, not the back of a Volkswagen. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've known him from all these different roles. It's going to be hard to let go of my image of Ben Affleck and imagine him as Bruce Wayne or Batman. Um, so, I, I, suppose, I suppose that's my main concern. Um, do I think he'll make a good Batman? Sure. Batman's not hard to do, okay? I mean, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from it. I'm not trying to say that you you can be a terrible actor and be in the suit. You know, I'm not saying that Scott Atkins would have made a perfect choice just because he knows how to fight. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you can take anybody that has a nice muscular build and is able to realistically deliver dialogue and put them in the suit, and you've got a Batman, okay? You can hire a stunt choreographer to be in the suit to do all the stunts. I mean, it's not hard to put somebody in the Batman suit. Now, am I saying George Clooney and Val Kilmer were good Batmans? No, I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm just saying you don't, you know, you don't need triple uh, A talent to be Batman. You need triple A talent to be Bruce Wayne. So, could Ben Affleck make a good Batman? Yes. Could he make a good Bruce Wayne? It's possible, but I have my reservations. So, I'm just going to say, for right now, uh, I hope to see a trailer within the next year and a half. I know they're not going to start filming until February. You know, hopefully filming wraps before August so that we can get a trailer, you know, sometime, sometime, something soon, you know, before the Super Bowl. I want to see a trailer before 2015. I want to see a trailer in 2014. And then, you know, once I see uh, Henry Cavill and and uh, Ben Affleck standing next to each other as Batman and Superman... And I start to get all giddy and excited all over again because it doesn't look terrible because it looks exciting. Ben Affleck is making a good Batman, you know. Then you know, hopefully, I'll I'll you know get excited like I said. Um, hopefully, we get some grade A talent to be Lex Luthor. They're talking about Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor. Um, if he doesn't get the role, another person that I would like to get it is Michael C. Hall, who plays uh, Dexter on Showtime's Dexter. Um, he's also a grade-A actor that I think could make a good, formidable Lex Luthor. And, um, I mean, but I really want Brian Cranston to get it. So then if, if somebody like Brian Cranston gets the role, then you've got this superhero sequel full of AAA talent by uh, produced by Christopher Nolan and uh, written by David Goyer, directed by Zack Snyder, you know, all big names in the industry, starring... Ben Affleck, Brian Cranston, probably some type of Russell Crowe flashback or, or you know, um, when he goes to uh, the Fortress of Solitude, some type of scene like that I'm assuming will be in there. Maybe a Kevin Costner flashback, you know. His mom is still Diane Lang. You know, Amy Adams is in there. Lawrence Fishburne is in there. I mean, now you've got 
the makings of what could be another great superhero trilogy with all this great A talent and people working on the movie. So, I'm going to withhold my, you know, worries, my reservations. Hopefully, it'll be fantastic. I want to see a trailer. I want to see set pictures. You know, I want to see something. Because imagining, you know, the Bostonian from Jan Silent Bob Strike Back as Batman is a little, you know, concerning. So I just I just want pictures. That's all, set pictures or trailers or something. And I want more announcements on the cast. I want to know more about the story. I mean, let's face it, people, this is the Superman-Batman movie that we've been waiting for forever, ever since we saw our first World's Finest cartoon or read our first World's Finest comic book or any type of team-up of Superman and Batman or the League. I mean, this is the movie we've been waiting for forever. Regardless who they get, they could have hired um, uh, Paul Rubens to be Batman. You could have seen Pee Wee Herman up there doing his laugh in the Batman suit, and people would have gone and see it. This movie is going to put asses in the seats. That's just it. That's all there is to it. So, yes, I'm going to see it. Uh, yes, hopefully I'm going to love it. And if I do hate it, hopefully it's not Ben Affleck's fault. I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. Um, I hope Ben Affleck will do fine. Um, I hope that everybody stops worrying about it and just kind of lets it be. And let's just wait for a trailer or set photos. Like I said, let's wait for some more script. Let's wait for them to announce a villain. Let's wait for them to officially announce who Lex Luthor is. Um, just hold on, people. It's a Superman-Batman movie. Let's stay excited. And let's, you know... Let's have hope. So, okay, on to the next topic, which is my feelings on Kick-Ass 2. I love the first Kick-Ass. Uh, the first Kick-Ass is one of those movies where I can just put it in whenever I clean or whenever I'm going to be eating or whenever I do anything. I'll just pop in Kick-Ass, and it'll play in the background, and I'll stop, and I'll watch my favorite scenes as I'm passing by. I love that movie. I'd say I put it in once a month, once every month and a half, two months maybe, um, sometimes more. Uh, every time that I make a new friend or a family member comes over to hang out that hasn't seen it, I'll pop that sucker in and make them watch it. Love Kick-Ass. It's emotionally gripping. It's fun. It's exciting. It's got all the makings of a great movie. And it had this wonderful novelty to it of this little girl, this little 9-year-old or 11-year-old girl that was just a straight badass where if you ran into her in a dark alley, uh, you would run the other way screaming. And uh, it's for all the reasons that I just mentioned that Kick-Ass 2 uh, fails, I guess. Uh, don't get me wrong. Did I like Kick-Ass 2? Yeah. I loved it. It's more Kick-Ass. It's more of the characters I love. It's more of the of the setup from the first movie. It's uh, regular Joes putting on their costumes, you know, and fighting for what's good. You know, it's something I wish I could do. It's something I wish that I had the guts to do is, is put on a suit and go out there and um, stand up for the little guy, you know. But I can't ever do it, so I live vicariously through the movies. Um, so Kick-Ass 2. It's a lot of fun. A lot of, lot of fun action. It's got some drama. 
but it's nowhere near the level of Kick-Ass 1. If I had to rate Kick-Ass 1 on an entertainment scale, okay, because movies like The Fighter or The Departed or The Dark Knight, those are 10 out of 10 movies. Those are some of the greatest movies I think that are made. So, do I think Kick-Ass is one of the greatest films ever made? No, but it's one of my favorite movies. So on an entertainment scale, I give Kick-Ass a 9.5 or a 10 out of 10. Okay, I hope you understand what I mean there. I'm not saying Kick-Ass deserved an Oscar. So Kick-Ass 2, on the same rating scale, would be a 7.5 out of 10. It's still a lot of fun. It's still very enjoyable. It's got a lot of the characters you love from the first one. However, it's not as good as the first one. Um, the scene, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Kick-Ass uh, 1, stop listening to this podcast and go watch it and then come back. Or 2, uh, I'm going to give some spoilers for the first Kick-Ass, and you're crazy for not seeing it, so stop the podcast. Um, the scene where everyone's tied up and they're doing that um, live coverage, revealing who Kick-Ass is, and then they're going to brutally murder him and beat him to death on camera in front of everybody. The scene where Hit-Girl comes in to save the day, and they're playing that music, and everything's dramatic, and it's slow-mo, and they're lighting Nicolas Cage on fire. I had tears in my eyes while watching that scene. Uh, hell, I still have tears in my eyes when I watch that scene. It's very emotionally gripping. Uh, the end of it, where she... And it was an amazing action scene, I might say. Amazing action scene. And then the end of the movie, where she's, you know, cornered down by all the bad guys in the top of the tower, and they're all shooting at her, and the music starts playing, and she runs out, and she's killing everybody. Amazing action scene. Amazing action scene. And you're just hoping that she can do it. You know, you're like, come on, you have all this faith in her. You know, and that wasn't really an emotionally gripping scene, but, you know, for somebody that loves the character as much as I do, it kind of was. So, that is the main element missing from part two. There's some dramatic moments, yes, but you can definitely feel the loss of Matthew Vaughn as the director. Because there's just something he's able to do with these movies. I mean, uh, look at X-Men First Class. You know, this guy is a true genius he knows how to make this genre flicks and he knows how to make a good movie he knows how to add action and you know drama and everything in and just make it mesh well together uh this new guy jeff wadlow wadlow excuse me if i'm pronouncing that wrong but this new guy did a, a competent job but not a great job okay um some of the characters were messed up for me uh christopher mintz please say his character now the motherfucker um, was just all over the place and a big mess. I didn't like him. I didn't think he was funny. He didn't do anything dramatic for me. Uh, he was much more enjoyable and hilarious, I might add, in the first movie. You know, so that was kind of screwed up. They uh, did something new with Hit Girl's character. You know, since she had her childhood robbed from her, they tried to uh, let her uh, go on this self-discovery and try and become a teenager and you know, learn what it was to watch an in-sync video and swoon over boys. I mean, it was fun, you know, it was fun. But the novelty of her being this little nine-year-old girl calling everyone a cunt, um, it just it wasn't there anymore. So it didn't have as high as a payoff as the first movie. Sure, there's a lot of dramatic scenes. Sure, there's a lot of awesome action. Um, you know, and they replaced the whole father figure, Big Daddy Nicolas Cage with Jim Carrey and his band of Justice Forever, you know. So, I mean, they had the right elements. They just weren't as hard-hitting as the first movie. 
So, do I love Kick-Ass 2? Yes, I do. I think it's great. It is nowhere near as the first one. You know, so instead of it being Terminator and Terminator 2, because Terminator 2 is better than the first Terminator, regardless how many of you feel, if you don't feel that way, you're crazy. It's more like The Matrix and The Matrix Reloaded, whereas The Matrix was excellent. Maybe that's a bad example, because Matrix Reloaded was dog-awful crap. No, the third Matrix was dog-awful crap. I stand by what I said. The second Matrix to the first one is kind of how Kick-Ass 2 is to this one. It's watchable, it's fun, it's enjoyable, but it just doesn't have that spark the first one has, and you feel like the novelty is kind of starting to wear off. So that's the best description I can give for it. Um, Kick-Ass 2 is a C on my score list. Um, maybe even a must-see if you're a Kick-Ass fan or a comic book fan in general. I'd say get to the theaters, watch it, support it, and hopefully it'll make enough money and we can get a third one and maybe bring back Matthew Vaughn. Who knows? Um, I definitely like the way the movie ended. It kind of, where they leave the characters at, is a good place for me in my heart, loving these characters. And there's kind of a little hint, I feel, at what Kick-Ass 3 So, yes, see it, get out there, love it, uh, let me know how you feel about it, and um, also let me know how you feel about the Batfleck. <laughs> um, are you as upset as the rest of the internet, or are you okay with it like me, you trying to keep a positive attitude? Okay, so, uh, as always, if you like me, what I have to say, or my videos, then uh, follow me on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, I now have a review blog on WordPress called Nerd or Die Reviews. And now I'm on Podbean with the Nerd or Die Nerdcast. So you've got plenty of ways to, to follow and listen and um, contribute. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Stay nerdy. Bye-bye.